Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm here in my office with my Bible open to Romans chapter 13, where it says, starting in verse 1, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Now, we've been talking about the ways in which God has chosen to delegate spiritual authority. There is only one singular authority in the universe, and that is God himself. However, he has chosen to delegate authority in several specific instances. In the home, for, for example, God has delegated spiritual authority to the husband or to both parents where children are concerned. Then God has delegated authority in the church to pastors and elders. Then finally, God has delegated spiritual authority to those in the civic institutions of government, in education, and in the marketplace. Paul lays this out quite implicitly here in Romans 13. Governing authorities, he says, have been established by God, and therefore to submit to them is to submit to God. To rebel against them is to rebel against God. Now what's interesting is once you become aware of this concept of delegated spiritual authority, you suddenly see that it's everywhere in the Bible. And not only that, but you realize that this is much more important to God than we often give credit. Lucifer fell from heaven when he said in his heart, as it's recorded in Isaiah, he said, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. And in that rebellion, one-third of all the angels were judged and cast out of heaven, and their destiny sealed to spend eternity in hell that has been prepared for them. For this reason, angels take the matter of submission to authority and rebellion against authority very seriously. In Revelation 22, verses 8 and 9, an angel appears to John, and when John fell down to worship the angel, the angel immediately stopped him. An angel will not accept worship. In the Old Testament, this is one way that we can distinguish um, a Christophany, which is just a fancy word for a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament, as opposed to a, an angelic appearance. Jesus accepts worship, while angels do not. Joshua worshipped the commander of the Lord's army that appeared to him. It was Jesus. Abraham worshipped Melchizedek in the book of Genesis. It was Jesus. You see this regard for God's delegated authority throughout the scriptures. David, who God had anointed the next king of Israel, refused to exalt himself to that position by taking Saul's life, even though Saul was trying to kill him. He said, I will not raise my hand against God's anointed. Now, Saul was off the rails, for sure. 
But David recognized God's authority in Saul. This is what can sometimes be confusing to us. Because what if those in authority are immoral, are not following God? It doesn't change our submission. Because the whole idea here is that we are learning to be in submission to God's authority in all things and in all of its forms. Remember, when Paul wrote Romans, the governmental authority was Caesar Nero, one of the most cruel and evil persecutors of the church in history. That's what makes these verses in Romans 13 so profound. But that said, is submission absolute? No. The line is drawn when a believer is commanded to do something that is in direct violation of God's word. During Nero's reign, Christians were put to death for refusing to acknowledge Caesar as Lord. They recognized that declaring anybody beside Jesus as their Lord was the same as denying their faith, and therefore they refused to do so, even when commanded by penalty of death. So there are limits to submission, but we had better have chapter and verse if we're going to willfully disobey the authorities that God has established. Otherwise, God makes it clear in his word that to disobey is to rebel against God himself. This whole discussion has really been quite relevant in the church recently with the advent of government shutdowns of churches due to COVID. It's made us as God's people make determinations about biblical absolutes, such as God's directive to not forsake the gathering together of the saints. It's caused us here in America to better differentiate between taking a constitutional stand as a citizen of the United States in opposing a governmental mandate versus taking a stand based on a biblical mandate and then making that choice as to whether or not to engage in civil disobedience. These are all very healthy discussions to have when faced with extraordinary circumstances like many of us are facing today. I recently spent some time with a pastor who came to one of our prayer summits from a country where any kind of Christian meeting is illegal. And not because of COVID, but because it's a country completely closed to the gospel. This man had been arrested and interrogated by the police on multiple occasions. He was finally told by the local magistrate that if he was ever caught in a house with more than 10 people, he would be arrested and sentenced to years in prison. He pastors a church of about 50 believers. His solution was that each Sunday, he goes to the house of one of the families in the church where six to eight people will gather to worship and study God's word. Then he goes to another house and does the same thing where six or eight people will gather. And then another house and another until he's met with every person in his church. I was honored to just be able to spend time with this amazing man of God. Again, this is an extraordinary circumstance. In most of our normal everyday lives, however, our tendency could be to look for loopholes or reasons not to submit when our focus should be twofold. Each of us should be asking, who are the authorities that God has placed in my life? And secondly, where has God delegated spiritual authority to me? Remember, transformation happens where the spiritual atmosphere has been changed and Jesus occupies and reigns as Lord. Both of these things are directly connected 
to both our submission to authority and our proper exercise of spiritual authority. This isn't something that just happens in the church, but actually, more often than not, it's occurring outside the church walls, in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces, those places where God has established his authority. We too often view this as a negative or a limitation instead of an opportunity. It's an opportunity because where God has delegated authority, he has also seated blessing. That is, there is a conduit there through which he desires to reveal and reflect his glory. This is something that we're going to continue to explore in the upcoming episodes. But today, let's acknowledge God's authority in all things. And let's look for those places where his authority touches our lives, whether it be those to whom God is calling us to submit as unto him, or whether it be those for whom God has given us responsibility to serve, to lead, to protect, and to bless through the mantle of authority that God has given us in whatever area that may be. May God give us revelation to see our world as God sees it in a greater way, that we may align ourselves with his will and become conduits of his power and his grace. Amen.